we made it. It's a Friday. And oh my goodness, what a day yesterday Corbin Burns had. Wow. What a day. Brewers get yet another series win. They haven't lost a series since June 21st. Since June 21st. A month now. An official month now. Since they've lost a series, you've got Atlanta beginning tonight. A big nine-game stretch. Three against Atlanta, three against Cincinnati, three against Atlanta. So Atlanta and Cincinnati here at home, these first two, then Atlanta on the road, and then that'll take you right up to the uh, the trade deadline after one game against Washington. So going to be really interesting to see what happens uh, between now and then, but a big one coming up tonight and this series beginning at American Family Field. The next six games at American Family Field, really. Pretty important uh, overall. Uh, so Corbin Burns, I mean, just that was Cy Young Corbin Burns. That was just, I mean, he's put together, what, two two scoreless outings now he's had over the last couple and just been absolutely on fire. Fantastic. Fantastic as the Brewers get the win and uh, they ended up knocking off Philadelphia yesterday in relatively easy fashion. So uh, some good stuff there. Uh, like I said, Brewers back at it, and the Brewers now stand uh, still two and a half games. The Cincinnati got a win as well, two and a half games up on uh, the Reds, uh, eight and a half now on Chicago, who faltered. Uh, and Pittsburgh, 11 back. Uh, St. Louis got yet another win. St. Louis is on a six-game win streak, and they've gained a half a game. That's it. Maybe a game. Maybe a game. I think they might have been 11 back coming out of the All-Star break, but they've gained a game. A six-game win streak, and they've gained one game. That's what I'm saying. It's so hard once you get that far back to be able to try to come back. And for as, as good as they're playing, uh, they're probably looking at the scoreboard every day going, how in the world are the Brewers doing it? And uh, yesterday, the post-game interview with Christian Yelich, he was with Sophia Minard, and basically he said, look, you can say what you want about the offense. And Christian Yelich had a banner day yesterday. He came up a triple short of the cycle. He had a banner day. However, he said it and said it best. He said, we're winning because of good pitching and because of our defense. That's it. And there's a lot to be said there. It's some of the things that we've been talking about for a while now because good pitching will beat good hitting and good defense can also stymie good hitting. So when you put those two things together, you're going to win a lot of games. And the Brewers are not an offensive juggernaut by any stretch of the imagination. We all know that. But that's how they are where they are because they're just they're plugging away. By the way, the Brewers are now only three game, or three runs in the run differential, in the depths of the run differential from turning it around. So let's just say they win 5-1 to one tonight. They're on the positive side. Then finally, as a division leader, they would be on the positive side. So just throwing it out there. They're creeping up. They're closing that gap, which uh, most likely will be uh, completely done and processed by the time the season culminates. But just to give you an example of where things are, every team in the American League East is on the positive side of the run differential. Every team. The only one in the, uh, in the uh, American League Central is the Twins. They're plus 36 as the division leader. Everybody else is either zero or negative. Just, you know, for the Brewers to be leading the division, the only division leader that has a negative run differential, it's just it's mind-boggling. But it's true. Uh, but that should, um, the cream should rise to the top by the end of the season. It should. And I do believe the Brewers are going to win the division, even though they're only two and a half up on Cincinnati. But I just don't think Cincinnati has the horses pitching-wise to be able to sustain. But uh, they did get a win. So anyway, uh, welcome to Friday. 
Good to have you. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to find us and let your voice be heard, highly recommended in that area. Also, you want to find us on Twitter, at Bill underscore Michaels. At Bill underscore Michaels. Grant Bill's producing the program, at Wisco Grant. Correct? Grant, it's at you Wisco nailed it. Grant, right? You That's nailed it. Got to get that up there. And uh, then Instagram, The Bill Michael Show. Facebook, go to facebook.com slash The Bill Michael Show. You can find us and subscribe for free on YouTube, on Twitch TV, and now on Kick TV as well. You can find us in those entities. Just simply Bill Michael Show. You're good to go. And you can always download the app, WOZN, The Zone Madison. You can find us after the fact, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, Google Podcasts, all that kind of good stuff. Plenty of ways to uh, kind of uh, consume consume us in many different ways. So there you have it. Um, the, again, I, I yesterday I got a lot of how can you not believe that Yelich is not back? Uh, I, again, I, I don't want to go through all of this because we've been down this road so many times. But when you talk about it, it's depending on where you set the bar. You know, if you set the bar going back to where he was when he went down with a knee injury, batting 320-plus, 40-plus home runs, then he's not back. But if you're looking for a guy that's going to hit you 285, drive in 100, score 100, that type of thing, then he's back. It just depends on where you, you know, are going to set the bar. If you're going to lower the bar to say statistically, we're just going to say, can you give us 280 or better, Uh, then absolutely. Absolutely. He's been solid and continues to look solid. Now, get me out of July. Don't make it just a a three- or four-week stint because he's been hitting the cover off the ball for about four weeks now. And really, I think they were saying uh, pretty much since the end of May, he's been he's been knocking the uh, knocking the ball. So, okay, the end of May is a month and a half in, but a month and a half does not mean you're back. So I don't want it, to. It's a subjective argument. So I, for for everybody that wants to say this, that, that's fine. I'm good with that. But he's been amazing. He's been absolutely fantastic. He's just been that good for a month and a half. And you hope that you know, knock on wood. You hope that he keeps doing it. So I'm I'm excited for that. Uh, other news coming out of the world of sports that we're going to talk about today. Um, Daniel Snyder. They finally sold the Washington Commanders. They're finally done. That sale is done. The NFL approves it. It's a $6.05 billion sale of the Commanders. And then right after that, the NFL fined Daniel Snyder $60 million, which in the terms of billions is like, who cares? But fined him $60 million um, because of his wrongdoings after the investigation finally came out. So it was uh, it, it eclipsed the $5.3 billion purchase of the English Premier League club Chelsea, which happened back in 2022. Um and then the, uh, the, the, the Dodgers co-owner, Todd Bailey, who bought that, that team, it also represents a significant leap forward for NFL cha- franchises, which goes uh, and, and vastly outpaces the $4.65 billion purchase of the Broncos. And if you want to contend that you would figure that the Broncos might be a more valuable commodity than what the commanders were, but the commanders were sold for just over $6 billion dollars. So anyway, uh, we can get into that a little bit later, but that's just another piece of, of news today. Sad news today out of the world of entertainment with Tony Bennett passing away. Did you see that, Grant? Tony Bennett? I Left did. Left heart in San Francisco? Yeah, he passed Golden away. voice. Yeah. Passed away. He did that uh, album with Lady Gaga. 
and it kind of had just a resurgence. He, he quit touring about two years ago, year and a half, two years ago, uh, which was still amazing that he was touring. But I just remember seeing him in San Francisco when we were there for a Super Bowl, I guess about maybe a decade, 12 years ago, something like that. And uh, But uh, sad to see that Tony Bennett, Tony Bennett passed away. So there you go. So that gets you kind of caught up. Going back to the Brewers, though, uh, Frank says, uh, in, in right away this morning, I, I get a note. Frank says, uh, Frank, by the way, listening to us in Newsburg, Frank says, Unit, I have to admit, I am 100% back on the Brewers bandwagon. I believe they can win this thing, just whether or not they're going to win in the postseason, we'll have to wait and see. But I'm excited for what the future holds. Would you sign Burns over Woodruff? You have to you have to keep one, and only one can be kept. I would rather see them keep Burns than Woodruff. Okay, two things. First of all, it's kind of prisoner of the moment. I understand it because Woodruff has been hurt. But if Burns continues to pitch like this, with every unbelievable outing, the price skyrockets. It was already going to be high. The question is, could you say offer Burns more money per year in less years than what some team is going to give him? And we, we again, we've been through this. It's whether or not he would take, say, $40 million a year for five years on a $200 million deal. Probably not. He probably is going to want a $45 million a year deal, $35 million a year deal, somewhere in there for eight years. And you just, it, you just don't want to go that long. It, knowing pitchers the way we do, you just don't want to go that long. It, it's it's because you know you're going to have to eat years. Big market teams, no problem. Sign it, done. You know, if we get if we get five out of those eight years that are really good, then we're happy with it. As a big market team, as a small market team, you can't afford to have three down years for a guy making forty five million dollars or forty million bucks or thirty five million bucks. You you can't afford that. You know, look at what happened when you have three down years. Uh, from Yelich at twenty nine million, and you just you got to run him out there because that's that's the guy, right? So, but would would you? I w- I personally would offer him more money per year in shorter terms to say, hey, look, and if you pitch extremely well, you're going to get another bite at that apple. Because look at what the Mets are doing. Look at what the Yankees have done in the past. Look at what the Angels have done in the past. Look at what the Dodgers have done in the past. There's money to be made out there for another bite at the apple if, you can, if you're consistently good. You know? You look at a guy like Verlander who's bounced around and made a ton of money. You know, if you're consistently good, you can do this. Sign shorter-term deals for big money and then get another bite at the apple. If you can convince him to do that, that'd be great. But don't forget, there's also some ill will there. Because of the, you know, it's arguing over $700,000. He's not happy with the organization. So you're going to really have to woo him to keep him. Because there is a question mark in Woodruff right now. And I think, understandably so. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Christian Yelich, Joe, after, be, between the pitching and the defense, talking to Sophia Minute after the game yesterday. Take a listen. Well, Christian, you provided all the offense early, and first pitch was a theme for you. What has gone into the aggressive approach here on the trip and for you today with the leadoff single and then the three-run homer? Yeah, I mean, that's just kind of how it worked out today. It was just, um, 
you know, one of those days where you got good pitches to hit early and, and try not to miss them. You know, it wasn't a conscious effort to, to swing early, but uh, it kind of just worked out that way. What can you say about the pitching staff? The 11th shutout of the season that leads the league. Corbin, of course, dominant again. Ten strikeouts for him. Abner striking out the side there. How locked in do you think Corbin is right now? Yeah, they've done a great job for us. I mean, the only, the only reason we're in the position we are right now is because of our pitching and uh, our defense. So uh, they've been huge, and, you know, we need them to keep doing it. But uh, they just keep passing the baton to the next guy, whoever's out there, steps up and, and does their job. And then the next guy comes in, does their job. So hopefully in the next two and a half months here, we can keep doing that and make a run. There you go. The only reason we're in this position is because of our pitching and our defense. You talk about him and what he's been able to accomplish, but he knows the only reason we're here is we're pitching in our defense. There you go. Hey, we're going to switch gears a little bit. We're going to talk with Brad Spielberger. Uh, Pro Football Focus is going to join us coming up here after the uh, after the break. We're going to talk with him a little bit about the Packers, but he's a Chicago dude. We're going to talk with him about the optimism coming out of Chicago and Bears land to see where really the Bears are going to be in the division. We want to get into that coming up as well. So Brad Spielberg is going to join us next. Remember yesterday we had talked a little bit uh, about the stadium situation, and I had mentioned that uh, A.J. Bayetport, uh, I should say, uh, the reporter from CBS 58, he was the one that was talking to the uh, the Alder people down in Milwaukee about them saying absolutely positively not. Uh, they're not going to spend one dime on, on all of this. Uh, I got a hold of him. He's going to join us today. He's going to join us today uh, at about about an hour, about two hours from right now, as a matter of fact. He's going to give us a call, and we'll talk with him about what he's heard regarding the stadium situation. So we got that going on today as well. Good stuff today on the Bill Michaels Show on a fun Friday. A now, explain to me, Grant Bills, the Fins Up Friday. Oh, uh, I just say that. It's my mantra on Fridays. I okay. say that on my show. Just checking. Just trying I'm to spread good vibes. Something. No, not missing okay. anything. Nope, just good vibes. Okay. I'm thinking, did, did, uh, is Jimmy coming on the show or something? Did I mean, we not, did do we... you have his phone number? I can try. I, I don't. Uh, I did years ago. I have a Jimmy Buffett story, but a, it, it's, it's one of those things where you kind of don't want to look behind the curtain. Because I don't want to ruin it for you everybody. You never meet your heroes, Bill. You never meet right. your heroes. Yeah, you never never do that. So, But I, I'll, I'll tell that a little bit later on, too. Uh, stay tuned. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Exit Realty. Uh, Mikey Whitcomb in the gang. He's the guy that put me in my house. Fantastic guy. Worked his ass off for me. Very honest. Straight shooter. So sometimes brutally honest. But uh, nevertheless... Good dude to work with, especially when you're talking about one of the biggest purchases of your life. Give him a buzz. 414-243-1976. 414-243-1976. It's Exit Realty. My buddy Mikey Whitcomb. 414-243-1976. Brent Spielberger, Pro Football Focus, joining us next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. You got to hit it, make it, rock it. Good to have you back on a Friday, the Bill Michael Show. We continue on. And uh, as we uh, kind of roll through this fr- beautiful Friday, too, by the way, I know a few showers and thunderstorms coming into the area tomorrow, but which is desperately needed. But a beautiful day today, without a doubt. Uh, and you're right around the, the corner from Packers camp. Other teams will be beginning uh, shortly. You've got uh, some teams that have already started camp, including the New York Jets and 
hard knocks and such. And to talk a little bit more about all of it, uh, our buddy uh, Brad Spielberger is back with us from Pro Football, Pro, Pro Football Focus at PFF underscore Brad over the cap.com as well. Brad, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. How you doing? We're doing good. Uh, excited. Uh, I don't know what the excitement is. Maybe it's just, uh, you know, I kind of put it up the other day. Is it the anticipation because, you know, the heaviness of Aaron Rodgers is gone or it's because it's optimism? Did the Packers organization make the right call? I don't know. I don't, I don't know what it is, but a lot of people are excited about this season. So you tell me when you look at the NFC North. Uh, give me your thoughts, because I think some people are starting to look at the Packers going, oh, yeah, I'm a believer, but I don't know if I'm a believer yet. Yeah, it's a wide-open division, which maybe plays into it a little bit. So, you know, I think realistically any of the four teams could, could put a strong season together, maybe have some unexpected contributions from some young players and, and you know, guys like Jordan Love breaking through and, and playing well that we haven't seen a whole lot of football from yet. So I think that's part of the optimism as well, and it should be. Um, you know, Green Bay, got to get healthy with guys like Rashawn Gary, et cetera. But, you know, very good in both trenches. This defense has to be good eventually. <laughs> I feel like I say that every offseason. But, but, yeah, I think there should be reason for optimism, no doubt, about the Packers. So where in all of this, I said, look, until Minnesota gets knocked off, I still think they have the best offense. Uh, I think their defense is still a work in project and process. The, you know, the Lions, they, they made a nice resurgence last year. But until they actually do something and get to the postseason, it's hard for me to believe it because I keep waiting for them to be the Lions again. And then there's Chicago who just keeps treading water and kind of, you know, spinning their wheels in the mud. So give me your thoughts on is it really still the Minnesota Vikings division to lose? I agree they have the best offense. I think Jordan Addison, you know, if he, if he stops driving 140 miles an hour, uh, is going to be a good number two <laughs> wide receiver. <laughs> um, opposite Justin Jefferson, you know, TJ Hawkinson comes in last year and was second among tight ends and targets from after the trade deadline through the playoffs, which I, I think is pretty crazy. You know, you see guys get traded. Speaking of the NFC North, you know, Chase Claypool goes to the Bears and can't really assimilate all that quickly. So I think the offense will still be the best, but their defense, might be one of the worst in the NFL still. I do like the Brian Flores higher, um, but, you know, you trade away to Darius Smith, you lose some other talent, and you're relying on a lot of, you know, rookie contract players in the secondary, a linebacker, et cetera. So um, the Lions, I, I do think they upgraded their secondary. It's one of the most improved units across the entire NFL, and that's why I think they, they are the favorite and probably should be the favorite for the division. I mean, you go out and add Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, uh, Cameron Sutton, uh, Emmanuel Mosley. I mean, three good, proven NFL talents, and they probably had the worst secondary in football last year. So I like all those moves there. The second, uh, the safety group should be really dynamic and fun with a healthy Tracy Walker. You add in second-round pick Brian Branch. I, I think Detroit should be the favorite, but, you know, I hear you. I get it. We, we obviously, you know, the Lions are the Lions until further notice. So that leaves us with the Bears. And, I, you know, last year you would listen to some of the Bears games after a loss and you would think that they just won the Super Bowl because of the excitement for Justin Fields. We saw him run. Uh, one of the things that uh, Brian Gutekinds alluded to when it comes to, Matt, you know, to uh, Jordan Love was, yeah, he can play quarterback, but can he win games? We saw Justin Fields win games with his legs more so than with his arm. So is that team ready to take the next step? Did they do enough to fortify the offensive line and to give him some weaponry so he can win games with maybe his arm and do some different things? I think there certainly could be a spike if he takes that step that a lot of people are expecting, more so as a passer, of course, than a rusher. Um, you, know, you add in D.J. Moore, who is a legit number one option, and I think the big thing there as well is 
you know, we look at A.J. Brown last year to Philadelphia. It's not just adding that player. It's also, you know, freeing things up for Devontae Smith, for Dallas Goddard. So I think you see the same effect in Chicago where now Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool, you know, former Packer and Robert Tunyon, et cetera, you know, they're going to get more favorable matchups. So I, my thing comes down to, though, on both sides of the ball in the trenches, they just, they're just not good enough, in my, in my opinion. And I am a believer in, you know, football is won and lost in the trenches on both sides of the ball. Uh, they might have the worst defensive line in the NFL. And the offensive line has nice pieces, but, you know, a sophomore left tackle, a rookie right tackle, you never really know how exactly that's going to go. Yeah, I, I and, and when it comes to calling plays, Luke Getzey's got his hands full because if you don't have good guys up front, you kind of put your quarterback in harm's way on the continuum, and this is a guy that has kind of grown to tuck and run. So, you know, and again, last year he got hurt. These, the running quarterbacks, we saw a lot of them go down last year for a short period of time or a longer period of time. So you really want to kind of protect the guy specifically in, what, his third year now? Yeah, no, 100%. 100%. I think the issue, you know, for the whole offense, but obviously with Getty as well, is that you want to get the ball out quicker, but there really weren't guys that could separate quickly besides the Darnell Mooney. I mean, you know, there's some solid pieces like an Equinemia St. Brown, but those guys aren't creating separation early in a play, right? They're, they're kind of more big-body downfield guys. So I think with D.J. Moore and Darnell Mooney, hopefully they have a lot more quick outs, a lot of the stuff you've kind of seen, in, you know, in the Packers in recent years, run some slant flat, do some different things so that Fields can just get rid of the ball quickly, not take a you know crazy number of sacks like he did, and not feel the need to always kind of tuck and take off like you said, I think that will improve. I think it will be much better. I think the game did start to slow down a little bit for Fields, and you saw more of kind of comfort and confidence in getting the ball out, you know, in two and a half seconds or maybe a little bit faster. Uh, but that needs to continue to grow, no question about it. So, and I'm going to just kind of ask bottom line stuff here. So as we look into the NFC North, and specifically Packers fans here anticipating Jordan Love and what he can do or maybe what he can't do, what would you consider to be a good season? Because really this is kind of a prove-it year. With that contract, the way, the way it's written for Jordan Love, correct me if I'm wrong, this is kind of a, a prove-it deal for the Packers to go, okay, he's the guy we can go ahead and pay him more in longer term, or we can say, maybe he's not the guy we might need to go in a different direction. What do you need to see out of Jordan Love? Yeah, I, I completely agree. This was effectively giving less than the fifth-year option, and he does get some assurances for this season, but there is nothing guaranteed beyond 2023 whatsoever. They can very cleanly get out of this contract if they want to. So I don't think he needs to you know, go crazy. He's obviously not going to be Aaron Rodgers, and, and the building understands that. I'm sure the fans have high expectations, as, as they, they should. Um, I think he needs to realistically protect the football, just like Aaron Rodgers famously has done, you know, at a record pace for his entire career. Um, you know, you have good young weapons in Dobbs and Watson. You add Jaden Reed to the fold. I think really it's just, like I said, it, it's fascinating that this defense has first-round pick talent all over it. They paid a bunch of guys, Devondre Campbell, Rasul Douglas, et cetera. They, they need to play a style of football where, Jordan Love, let's say he throws for, you know, 3,800 yards with 20 touchdowns and six interceptions, just kind of a random stat line. Like, they want that stat line to win you 10-11 football games. And, and I think that should be the goal for this team is just let the defense really take over a lot of games, especially, you know, in a weak conference and in a weak division. Boy, you, you hit the nail on the head, and the biggest question mark becomes the hot seat of Joe Barry. Um, I mean, I, Brian Gutekind said it numerous times this offseason, like there's talent there, but pressure on the quarterback, stopping the run. There were some things that he alluded to where, 
it, it was clearly it was like, hey, look, I've given them talent. Don't blame me. So if they underachieve, uh, you know, he was kind of, you know, look, and they even said he never used his name. When Matt LaFleur said, yeah, we're going to keep Joe Barry and for continuity sakes, blah, 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 he just talked about Matt's decision. He never even mentioned Joe Barry by name. So it's kind of like, you know, hey, look, we're not going to go down with the ship. If you decide to stick with Joe Barry, that's on you if it doesn't work out. So you kind of know that Joe Barry's going into the season a little bit on the hot seat. Real quick, best teams in the NFC, if you have to go top five, who would they be? Yeah, so the two or three obvious ones, I guess I should say. So Philadelphia, you know, should still be viewed up there. They kept a lot of their top talent. Lost a couple key players like a Javon Hargrave, but obviously a great draft class. You add in some impact players and you keep your starting cornerbacks. I think they, they belong there. Then San Francisco, obviously questions about quarterback, but might have the best roster outside of quarterback, arguably in the entire NFL. So we'll keep them there. And then I'm very, very high on the Dallas Cowboys. I think they were close last year. You win 12 games, even though Prescott misses five. You add in Brandon Cooks. You add in Stephon Gilmore. Two just very good veteran, savvy football players. Um, I, I think they those three are the class of the division. And then, for me, I have Seattle in, in the four spot. I really, really like what Seattle's done the last two off seasons. I think we forget last year, two starting rookie tackles. And Geno Smith still led the NFL in touchdown passes over 20-plus yards. Um, you know, was very good attacking down the field. And now you get, you add in Jackson Smith and Jigba, you add a top five pick at corner and Devin Witherspoon. Um, I love them. And then I will actually put Detroit at five. I think they have the upside to be that fifth team in the NFC conference. Hey, you know what? Maybe it's because I don't like the conference all that much, but you know, they'll take a top five, however they can get it. We all pay attention to what's going on in New York. Uh, and obviously with the Jets, I don't even think the Jets are the best team in their division. I think overall talent wise, it's probably Miami. And I still think that Josh Allen and the, and the Bills are going to have something to say, although I believe that window is starting to close. Give me the best uh, team in that division. I believe I agree with everything you just said. I really do think Miami's roster, if you have a healthy two attack of Iloa, is one of, if not the most talented rosters in the entire NFL. And then I love the transition to Vic Fangio, you know, obviously a Chicago guy, but also I think just a better fit for they were top five in press man coverage last year, um, a ton of, you know, cover zero and, and bringing pressure and all these things. And I think they have enough talent up front to not have to blitz and to still get home with Vic Fangio. And then he can have seven guys back in coverage, you know, move Jalen Ramsey all over the formation and the slot at, at outside corner, et cetera. So I'm with you there. And Buffalo, I do think, will be a contender again, but I agree. I mean, Von Miller at 34 years old off a torn ACL, can he be effective? They were third last year in pressure rate without blitzing with him, and then were 24th uh, in the NFL in pressure rate without blitzing once he got hurt. So I guess I'll, I'll go with Buffalo, but I agree with you. Like All three of those teams are loaded top to bottom, um, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if any win the division. Good stuff as always, Brand. I appreciate it. I look forward to the football season starting. We'll talk to you a whole lot throughout, okay? Sounds great. Thank you. Thanks, pal. There you go. Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus at PFF underscore Brad. You can also find his stuff at OverTheCap.com as he does a lot of the capology stuff for them as well. So we can talk, and we did talk uh, throughout the whole Aaron Rodgers saga and everything that was going on with Cap. Uh, throughout all that, uh, you know, whole uh, dramatic scenario. And we'll talk with him more throughout the season about that as well. But uh, glad, glad to have him on the program. Good stuff there. Uh, 877-867-1678. Do you agree or disagree with some of the things we discussed? 877-867-1670. If you are going to be out about this weekend, great weekend. They've got an 80s band uh, at Smoke on the Water this weekend.
uh, and eight, I can't remember what the name of the band is, and it's terrible because it's a friend of mine's band, but it's an 80s band, a new band they just put together, and they're going to do an 80s night. And uh, they're going to have it at Smoke on the Water coming up tomorrow night. So if you're looking for something to do on Okachi Lake, garage doors are going to be open, weather's going to be nice, you've got the boats and everybody passing by, the music's blaring. Uh, boy, it's going to be a fun time this weekend. Smoke on the Water on Okachi Lake. Also, don't forget about uh, Sloppy Joe's on Hubertus in Hubertus. Uh, another terrific tra- traditional Wisconsin bar. If you're looking for a good fish fry tonight, that's one of the good places to go as well. So uh, stick around. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michaels Show. Rocking on. Hey, thanks to our friends at Potawatomi Hotel Casino. Not only are they a terrific place to go entertainment-wise, and I'm sure tonight, maybe before or after the Brewers game, might head over in that direction. Might be staying at the hotel, making a weekend of it, whatever. Go to PaysBig.com. That is PaysBig.com. And they are a huge supporter of the motorcycle ride. They will have... At the end of the ride, just like last year, they'll have some of their dealers there on site dealing the cards for the poker hands. And we can't say thanks enough to the, uh, to, to Pottawatomie Hotel Casino Milwaukee for being a part of the program. So uh, good stuff. And we really appreciate it. And they continue to do some great things. I can't wait for this uh, the sports book to open down there. I, I'm, I'm excited for it. Cannot wait. I mean, they've got a temporary one in place. Don't get me wrong. Uh, which is really nice, but the big one is going to be a Vegas show-style place. It is, they're putting it in the old Northern Lights Theater, so uh, it's, I'm sure, going to be spectacular. I can't wait to see it when it's all done, but that's Pottawatomie Hotel Casino, Milwaukee. Go to PaysBig.com. Again, that's PaysBig.com. 877-867-1670. You want to find us? 877-867-1670. Um, the... Uh, what was this about Tony Bennett? I, I'm taking a look at it now. Tony Bennett passing away. Uh, the announcement came today. But Grant, what what do you uh, what would you send me here? Well, one of your callers called in over the break, and he didn't have time to come on the air. But he told me to look up a picture of the time Tony Bennett, the singer, Tony Bennett, the Packers linebacker, and Tony Bennett, the basketball coach, all posed together for a photo op. And I think this is it, the gotcha. airport in Appleton. And the headline is: This is great. A Tony Bennett triple team singer, sacker, and shooter. I see that. That is awesome. I've never seen this before. Yeah, that is awesome. And uh, yeah, that's that's really cool. That's really cool. He also uh, added to our corn talk. He said, uh, "Sweet corn has blonde tassels. Field corn is dark brown." So okay, he was well, spreading blind, lots of Okay. That that was one of the things that was brought up yesterday on the uh, on the whole corn discussion. For those that weren't here and a part of it, we wanted to know the difference between field corn and uh, and sweet corn, and that's what I was told. I mean, from some years ago, I re- it just, for whatever reason, it's stuck in the back of my head. When it's got the little blonde tops on it, that's sweet corn, and when it's got darker tops or no tops at all, that would be more field corn. So he he's correct, and I I did uh, I got a lot of corn talk yesterday. You asked off the air. Everyone answered. And I, yeah, I, I asked it. We talked about it on the air, and then I got off the air, and I got friends and stuff texting me, and they're sending me articles on corn. And just, 
I'm like, okay, I know everything just damn there is to know about corn at this point. So, and the, the dented corn and the non plump corn versus the plump corn. And like, just, oh my God. So that's really cool. Um, the, uh, the picture of all three Tony Bennett's that's, that's good stuff. That's good stuff right there. Uh, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, uh, feel free. Go ahead and give us a shout. Shay says, uh, no way the Green Bay Packers are near the top of the division. I think the Packers are going to finish third or fourth, uh, depending on how Chicago does. I agree with your guest. Chicago does not have a great offensive or defensive line. They're going to lose a lot of games right there, and they may get their quarterback hurt. It's whether or not the Packers have a better trench than the Bears have. Well, the Packers obviously do. I, 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 Shay, first of all, thanks for shooting us the email. But absolutely. When you look at the offensive line, that's the stability. I mean, you look at right now, they've got, uh, what is it, Braxton Jones, uh, Cody Whitehair. Uh, they've got the uh, first-round draft choice this year. Darnell Wright uh, is going to be their right tackle. Um, there's uh, Tevin Jenkins, uh, Nate Davis uh, at their offensive line. That's their offensive line, their defensive line. Uh, Demarcus Walker. Uh, Andrew Billings, um, who am I thinking here? They pick him up from the Chargers. Um, God, I can't think of his name. I think it, I want to say Justin Jones, but I'm not sure if that's correct. Um, Is that the guy who was talking smack about Packers fans, Justin Jones? I, I think that was. Yeah, that's the name. I, I, I wasn't sure if that was the name or not off the top of my head. But I, they, they, look, they're good, but they're not great. I completely agree. When you look at, uh, when you look at Kenny Clark, Devontae, second year, you're hoping that T.J. Slayton takes the next step. Obviously, they picked up some additional beef in the draft to, to, to back up, uh, so to speak. So the Packers should be better in the defensive front. Uh, getting rid of, uh, you know, Dean Lowry. I know that some people said, well, Dean Lowry was at least serviceable. He was a guy. I, I, don't, I think if you go from one guy to the other guy and save money, then who cares? But hopefully whatever you're putting there is better. So I'm not crying you know because dean lowry's no longer a green bay packer i i don't think it's a, an upgrade or a downgrade i just think it's just a change for less money uh but offensively you can't argue with bakhtiari elton jenkins and you go through that offensive line and what the packers have and even if depending on who ends up at, at the right tackle position for green bay i mean you know you john runyon's been solid josh meyer's been solid um and whether it's zach tom or josh nyman or somebody else whatever it happens to be I, I think they're going to be just fine. I think their offensive line is one of the better pass-blocking offensive lines in all of football, so I would agree with you that in the trenches, the Packers are better. So if that's where you – which I also believe with Brad Spielberger, that's where you win a lot of games. You win them in the trenches. You win with stability, you win with health, and you win with pressure on both sides, whether you're putting pressure on a defensive front because you're able to run the ball or they just can't get to the passer or you're putting pressure on the passer and able to stuff the run. Either way, I think that – that uh, you win it in the trenches, it all starts there. So um, you would probably pick the Bears last again. I guess for a Bears fan, it's how many games do you win and how much progress do you see? Because the one thing you don't want is to, one, get your quarterback hurt, and, two, have a regression. And then going into that fourth year with Justin Fields, you're not quite sure where you're at, knowing that you passed up the number one overall pick this year. You know what I mean? I still think Justin Fields is, is he's, he's proven me wrong. He's better than what I thought he would be coming out of Ohio State. He's still not like an all-pro, but I want to see if he takes that next step forward. Meanwhile, you've got two other, and Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff, two other very good quarterbacks, with, statistically speaking, in this division. 
and whether or not they've got both sides of the ball to support them. And as Brad said, Detroit very quietly has just gotten better. Are they spectacular superstar better? No. But they just very quietly added depth. They don't have a lot of weakness. And that's why people look at Detroit and go, man, you should be really good. You should win this division. But shoulda, woulda, coulda, as we all know, when you talk about the Detroit Lions, we've seen before where this team is supposed to win it, and they just they become the Lions again. They just It's like they get afraid of success, and it just begins to falter. So it's kind of like I'll go with Minnesota until you can't. And then once the Lions take over the top spot, then I'll become a believer. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Vince says it all depends on how good Jordan Love actually can be if this is going to be a successful year. Uh, uh, Jeff says, do you feel better after you – did you feel better after you lost the weight? Yes, I did. Absolutely. And still am. Still am, by the way. Uh, Mike says, I love corn talk. My son's father-in-law owns 3,000 acres in North Dakota. He makes 90000 a year just renting it to farmers to grow corn. <laughs> okay. Well, we're, we're, we, boy, you, you talk about weight loss, corn talk, and, uh, and Jordan Love, all within the same 30 seconds. How about that? You don't get that anywhere else. It's only here on this particular program. 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, do it. This portion of the program brought to you by the Irish Cultural Heritage Center, the ICHC. Go to ICHC.net, ICHC.net. They just announced a lot of their fall and uh, winter, but the holiday acts and concerts that are coming to the ICHC. So you don't have to be Irish to go and love it. It is just fantastic. It's just a fantastic time. We went there, Kristen and I went there last year, did not know what to expect and had one of the best times ever. It was just so much fun, and it was a great time and great music. And uh, if you want to find out more about it, go to ICHC.net or just give Corey a call. He's the guy that runs the place. Just call Corey and say, Corey, I want to know more about the upcoming concerts and maybe what I want to go see if I've never been there before. Call him 414-345-8800. It's right there on West Wisconsin Avenue in Milwaukee. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show is coming up. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. If by chance you're a veteran, military member, family member, and you are thinking about uh, purchasing a home, maybe refinancing a home, uh, you go to a lot of the different credit unions and stuff that are military-based, but uh, one person here in the state of Wisconsin uh, kind of mops up the problems that some of those cause. And he was telling me about it, and I said, look, I don't understand it all, but it seems like this is the place to go if I'm a veteran military member or uh, I am a, uh, a family member, and it's called Veterans America. And uh, James Mercado has been doing this a long time. He said, look, we're just here. All they do is work with veterans. That's it. All they do is work with veterans and military people. And he just believes, own the land you defend. That's what their their motto is. So if you're looking for uh, zero down payment, no PMI, some credit requirements that aren't as stringent and such, uh, he's got a bunch of possibilities for you. Call James anywhere in the state, by the way, 262-745-3333, 262-745-3333. That is uh, Veterans America and James Mercado. And also, 
Uh, this year we had, uh, you know, some different expenses that came up for the motorcycle ride. We don't want to take anything away from the ride and the charity. James uh, called me and said, I'll take care of it. Just well, let me know. I'll write the check. We'll take care of it. Great, great cause, great ride, great event. And they took care of it along with the water doctors. So thanks to both of them, Veterans America, James Mercado, John Atley and the gang of the water doctors. And I can't give them enough praise. I just can't. They're just great, great, great people. And they really do believe in the military. They believe in veterans and their families. So thanks to them for being a part of the program. 877-867-1670. Luke says, do you think that running backs are becoming more disposable as the NFL uh, more and more is becoming a quarterback passing league? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I... It's 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 a very easy answer. I mean, you've seen the devaluing of running backs. However, however, because the pass has become such, it, it's one. The rules have changed for the protection of quarterback. Two, the rules have changed for the protection of receivers. There's no more intimidation. There's no more taking a guy's head off because they're coming across. And you think you've got an open shot. And remember the day you couldn't be a receiver where you were going to be an over-the-middle guy. You know, I, I saw Donald Driver years ago take some of the most vicious hits I think I've ever seen. And he, he just had this ability to get up. He had an ability to absorb a hit, you know, which is maybe the reason he's the crash test dummy when it comes to the uh, the Wisconsin DOT and the click-it-or-ticket campaign. But it, it's... It is so geared, the rules are so geared towards scoring now and towards the passing game that, yeah, I mean, if if you've got, which is why we talk about quarterbacks being so highly valued. However, again, you cannot, you have to have a good run threat. It's how much are you willing to pay to have a good running back and or threat. Because if you don't have a threat, and we've seen this, empty backfield, shotgun, no real threat of a run, offensive line doesn't block, run block extremely well, defenses pin their ears back and come after you. And we've seen this. So you, you have to have it. It's, a, it's as, as some offensive coordinators will look at it, maybe it's like a necessary evil, but you have to have a run game. It's the value of the running back. You, We haven't seen the Emmett Smiths of the world, the Walter Paytons of the world. Um, we've seen a lot of running backs. The, the lifespan of a running back is very short, which is what makes Aaron Jones really such an anomaly because he's been good for a, a good period of time now. Through a second, most time, most running backs don't get a second, uh, second contract, at least not a bigger one. Uh, but... You know, you look at a guy like Zeke Elliott. He took a pounding. He was really good. He, he roared like a white-hot comet, and then pff, gone. And then he just, he, you slow down. The body only has so many hits in it to absorb, and then you just slow down. So um, the devaluation of the running back position has been going on for some time now. It, it's not just all of a sudden because Saquon Barkley couldn't get a contract with the Giants. Part of it is is because... The Giants did something incredibly stupid. They paid Daniel Jones all that money and didn't save any for the guy that really made the offense effective. What they did was they devalued the running back market too much, in my opinion. 
I would have worked something out with Saquon Barkley. I would have at least come close. But they wanted to die on that hill. And I think ultimately they're going to pay the price for it. Now, there is another side to this. And I want you to think about this when we come back. Okay, there's another side of the coin to the running back position. And we'll talk about it. So stick around. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show on a Friday. One hour down, three hours yet to go. Really good stuff today. Off to a fast start. Feeling it. Feeling it. Is it too early for a beer, though? Seriously? No. I mean, then again, if it's a, if it's a fins up Friday, we could always do a margarita today. There you go. You know, we could always do that, too. But I don't think it's too early for a beer. Speaking of beer, we are brought to you by our friends at Point Brewing. God love Point Brewing. Could throw down a Cider Boys right now. Just in that kind of a mood. Great stuff. Great stuff. More of the Bill Michael Show next. 